something I want to ask you. There's something I'd like to ask you. Will you on me? Wait, what did, what did you say? I want you to be my first. Truth or dare? Dare. See that blind kid over there? I dare you to blow out his candles before he gets a chance to. They homeschool their son. It's very important to us that Kevin has a normal and complete high school experience. Dropped your books, fart face. Hey, guys! Come check out this kid's weird... Wow. Huh? Why didn't you call me? Wait a minute, did, did I not? After sex, do you know that? Like a baby. Oh, my soul's so dark because you saw some bats when you were little, you yeah. pussy. Surprise! Caught you a leprechaun. Ooh, magically delicious now. Use your superior height. The iBay is a high-fidelity music player. Kids are sticking their... You know what? In the Vegaport. The fan then mangles their... You know what? You did extensive testing. Any red flags? Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast, I guess. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. <laughs> and today we're uh, watching what Devin, we watched what Devin described as the worst movie he's ever seen. And I'm not going to argue with that. Um, today we're talking about the infamous movie 43. Uh, and I'm just going to throw it over to Devin because... I don't know where you want to go with this. All right. So there's a lot that we got to talk about about this. Yes, uh, we do. The first. And there's a lot that we can't talk about about. This. There's a lot we can't talk about. I watched a couple parts of this. I'm like, I we can't mention that skit or that one or that one. <laughs> but as a brief overview of the movie, for those of you who are fortunate enough to not watch this, uh, <laughs> it was a 2013 comedy um, directed by a lot of people um, the, and starring a lot of people. So like, the one part about this movie that I always find impressive is the cast and director list. So, I mean, like the top build cast is Dennis Quaid, Greg Kinnear, Common, uh, Will Sasso, Seth MacFarlane, Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet. Um, I mean, Emma Stone's in this movie. I mean, there's there's so many people in this movie. Uh, and it was directed by like Elizabeth Banks. I'm trying to find them all. Like it, it, basically the, the premise of the movie is... It's just a bunch of skits, a bunch of little tiny, like little vignettes. And they each have a joke that they want to get across. And they tell their joke using the most famous person they could hire to tell that joke. And then it goes on to the next one. And there is some connecting tissue between all of those jokes, which we're definitely going to have to talk about. Uh, the movie right now is currently sitting uh, a 4.3 out of 10, believe it or not, on IMDb. Uh, and has a meta score of 18 out of 100. Uh, if that gives you any indication of how great this movie is. So before we dig into anything really, really deep about it, uh, let's go for general impressions. I kind of know what I'm going to get into. But Alan, what did you think of movie 43? Okay, so just so you know. Yeah. You gave this movie such a great report before we started. Yeah. Ryan and I both decided that we didn't want to both spend money to rent this. So we watched it together. Good. <laughs> um, it was funnier than I expected. Okay. I laughed a lot. It's not great, but it's funny. Okay. It's like the kind of humor. So do you remember when family guy was like new and raunchy and we were young? And yeah. And it was cool. Like, oh my God. You can say that on television. Like, Oh my God. It's so out there. It's that kind of humor. Like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that in a movie. Like it's that kind of humor that just catches you off guard. Like here's Hugh Jackman with balls hanging from his neck. Yeah. <laughs> um 
So it, it was like so outrageous. It made me laugh. Um, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. Will I ever watch this again from beginning to end? Probably not. Will I go back and watch a few of these sketches? Maybe. Cause there are a few in there that I really did enjoy. Okay. Uh, and we'll get into that later. Let's get, so. cause I do want to talk about those then, but Ryan, what did you think? I laughed through it. Yeah. Did you? For the reason that Alan was saying, it was like, Oh my God, they actually did that. Um, but other than that, I'll never watch any of this ever again. <laughs> like I get some of the jokes they were doing and mm-hmm. they were funny. Um, I liked the shock stuff more than anything that was like other than that. Like the, like to me, this just reverted to slapstick humor and that sure. was it. Um, yeah, no, I, this is probably the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> Good. So for my story, I ended up seeing it. Um, my one friend and I wanted to go to the movies and we were going to like rewatch something. Like we didn't care what we were going to go see. We're just like, whatever, we'll go see anything. Even if we have to rewatch, like I guess Spider-Man was out or something like that. Uh, and we got there and they go, well, you guys know it's opening night for this movie, like called movie 43. And neither of us had heard anything about it. And the lady behind the counter was like, yeah, it has like Emma Stone in it. And it has like, you know, Hugh Jackman and it's a comedy. And I went, oh, that sounds wonderful. And she goes, yeah. And nobody's here for the premiere. We like have a line for the premiere and everything. So we're like, well, shoot, let's go to a movie premiere. Hadn't seen the trailer. Didn't know what it was about. Didn't know what we were walking into. Like 20 minutes into the movie, we just turned to each other. What the what did we watch? Like, what did we walk into? And it was one of those where you could tell we both really didn't, we, we kind of wanted to leave, but we like felt obligated since we paid the $7 for a ticket. So we just sat through all of it. Oh, I have one of those stories. Too. Do you? Yes. Um, and it has to do with the worst movie I've ever seen. Which, so this one wasn't the worst movie you've ever seen. No. Okay. Um, I need to look it up quick, so, just so I make sure that I get the title right. So then while Alan's doing um, that, Ryan, is this no, the I, worst movie you've ever seen? Uh, to be honest, yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because my thing is, I'm very particular about movies. Mm-hmm. And I have a very strong sense of what I want to watch, what I don't want to watch. Yeah. And if something doesn't like automatically grip me, I don't... I unless somebody forces me to watch something, I don't watch it. And a lot of movies I'm kind of forced to watch. Luck- sure. Luckily, most of them I end up somewhat enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, like I said, like there were, it, it's a comedy. So there were moments where it was like shockingly funny. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, they actually pulled that, you know, joke off with that actor. Like, <laughs> ha. Um, but just the, like, the, the, the what you called the connecting tissue yeah. that pulled everything together didn't help in the situation. Okay. Like I, but I think they did that purposely with the actor they had, but anyway, we can get into that later. I, yeah. the, the worst before seeing this, I would say the worst movie that I've ever seen movie that like I saw once, I'm like never watching this again. Um, it was right in my head and it just went, went flew out of the birdcage was it the birdcage no i love the birdcage <laughs> i absolutely love that is the such bird a good cage. movie i'm with you all right so this is a bit of a story and i feel like i've told you part of this story i'm before. so ready for this um so when i was in college crispin glover came to town 
Okay. Crispin Glover, George yeah. McFly from Back to the Future yeah. 1, not 2 or 3. Um, he came to town doing a book reading and a film screening of a film he directed called It's Fine, Everything is Fine. The um, description for this on IMDb is an autobio- autobiographical, psychosexual, fantastical retelling of Stephen C. Stewart's point of view of life. Oh. Stephen C. Stewart is in a wheelchair, handicapped, and the whole movie is pretty much just him having sex. What? With all of the women. Oh, no. And I went with a, a friend from college. Like, we're in yeah. State College, a friend of mine from Penn State, Mont Alto, yeah. who, uh, who will remain nameless. And I went, and we're watching this, and we, like, the book reading was fine. Like, it's, it's weird because it's Crispin Glover, and it's right. Crispin Glover. But the movie started, and it just got awkward oh no uh and like the movie ended and he was do- like crispin glover was doing a, a q a afterwards mm-hmm. where everyone was asking him about why he wasn't in back to the future 2 charlie's <laughs> angels all kinds of things and my buddy was just like yeah i'm out like he just peaced out oh, and wow. I, I stuck around because i had a dvd for him to sign not back to the future i had him sign my copy of hot tub time machine <laughs> um was he like relieved to not see back to the future it, it, I think it was like he did smile at it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and he he like uh, assigned it. Everything is fine. Crispin Glover. Oh, like, no. It's it's one of those things. I'll never go back. We'll never do this movie for the podcast. Okay, good. Um, it's got a 6.8 on IMDb. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's just what like if there is like, if it was like an art house thing that I just didn't get mm-hmm. or wasn't expecting. But it is like just that awkward tension between me and my buddy. Like yeah. it was weird. Oh. Um, and yeah, like that's the one story, like, story that comes to mind for the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. That's so weird. what was your hey, I just remembered it. Yeah, worst, movie, worst movie I've ever seen before this one was Wicker Man. That was it was the, the remake Nicholas of Wicker Man. The, 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 the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah, the Nicolas Cage one. And, and honestly, that movie has ruined like a whole story set up of the whole like people living in the woods <laughs> you know like in like a conclave yeah uh, uh uh kind of deal it's the reason why i hate the village i was gonna say it's the, the reason why i'll never it? probably watch the midsummer whatever oh, the, midsummer? the one with the fam the friends go to like whatever like that whole idea just does not interest me because of wicker man oh no so prior to seeing movie movie 43 wicker man the remake of Wicker Man was my worst movie ever until now. Interesting. All right. So to let you, you... might have ruined SNL for me. <laughs> well, OK, so hopefully it, it might have ruined something that's not SNL for you, because <laughs> I did a bunch of research on this movie, because this movie feels like something that has to have some kind of story behind it, because like a movie like this doesn't seem like it accidentally happens. It seems like it's like born through like someone trying way too hard contacting all I'll of his Hollywood friends feels like yeah it feels like it's springtime for Hitler like the producers yes. are just kind of getting all the money that they can for this knowing that they're not going to make any of it back and they're just going to run yeah. yeah like it's a Bialystok and Bloom scheme mm-hmm. and it you know what it should have been and I read a, a lot of articles about this so the guy who directed the whole thing or produced the whole thing I can't remember his name right now but I'll find him um, his name is Peter Farley, Peter Farley. Um, he actually had a vision for this movie 
he was really inspired by Funny or Die on YouTube. And he goes, oh my gosh, Funny or Die is so great. And kids nowadays love Funny or Die, but there's only so much you can do without getting around YouTube's review boards. And, you know, you can only go so far on YouTube. What if we go that extra mile and make it a movie? And this was inspired in part by uh, this one, in part by a movie called, I think it's called Kentucky Fried Comedy. Kentucky Fried Movie. Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah, it's inspired in part by that as well. So the guy had a vision, but he took this to every studio and shopped it around for, I think, six years. And nobody wanted this movie, rightfully so. Until at one point, two years after he started shopping the movie around, he got someone to say yes and finally got Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet to do their their scene. That was the first thing shot for the movie four years before it was ever released. And he took that clip and like showed that around to all of his actor friends and everyone they knew and said, look, we got Hugh Jackman. We got Kate Winslet. Look, they're being funny. Look, he's got balls on his chin. He's being absurd. You can be absurd too. Look at how fun this is going to be. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling on all of these relatively big name actors being in this thing because they saw like, well, if Hugh Jackman's doing it, I guess I'll do it. And it's it's so weird to hear it from like that perspective that like it was one man's dream to make this movie for so long and he fought so hard and this is what it was. I was never really a fan of Funny or Die, like ever. And to give you a, an idea about when I say like, if I'm not gripped by something, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. And the name Kentucky Fried Comedy. Movie. Co- or movie, yeah. Movie. Yeah. Every word of that name of that movie just <laughs> does not interest me at all. Well, Kentucky Fried Movie is from 1977. <clears throat> um, As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Because I hate 70s movies. Well, I've never heard anyone have so much disdain for the title of a movie. <laughs> um, it's got some good talent behind it. Uh, David Zucker, who did Airplane. So oh, wow. did Movie 43. Hmm? I and mean, that's true. No, I mean, like, behind the scenes. Um, so, fun fact about... Um, the guy you were just talking about, Peter Farley. Peter Farley, Peter I think. Farley. Yeah. Um, he has an Oscar. He has an Oscar. Yes. What? Yeah. For wait, I think I know what his Oscar is for, but what is it for? For um, <laughs> Green Book. Yep. I read about. So that. the Farley brothers did um, Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Dumber Two, I guess. Yeah. Stuck on me. Me, myself, and Irene. Something about Mary. It totally fits, though. So, so a bunch of so it makes sense for them. Like that's how you get these names in. Yeah. Um, but now he has an Oscar. So. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. So he's known for on IMDb, Green Book, Something About Mary, Dumb and Dumber, and Movie Forty Three. So even though it's like so infamous for being bad, IMDb is like, yeah, he's responsible for this. And I've never seen such a bad movie in the same known for as an Oscar winning great. Like that really surprises me. Like I'm looking at the screen that you have this up on Mm -hmm. and it's green book, 
movie poster, something about Mary movie poster, Dumb and Dumber movie poster, and then movie 43 movie poster. Like, that's got to be the most random collection of films I've ever seen put together. together. I thought I just said that. Huh? <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, like, It's kind of like the, um, the year Sandra Bullock won the Oscar for The Blind Side and then won the Razzie for All About Steve. I don't know if I know what All About Steve is. Uh, I don't think Sandra Bullock knows what All About Steve is. <laughs> well, was it, uh, that happened to Panic at the Disco. They won oh, yeah. Band of the Year when they first came out, and then they also won Worst Band of the Year <laughs> <laughs> the same year because of their first album. Which I I love their first album. I still listen to it. But oh, their first album's great. Yeah, it was just, it was one of those things where it's like when they came out, it was so like jarring that like either you loved them or you hated them. And that's how they ended up being best and worst band of the year. I like his cover of DuckTales. <laughs> his cover of DuckTales is amazing. I like Brendan Eary a lot. OK, so back to the movie. I have a question for you guys. Yes. What was the connecting tissue of the movie? So like, you know, the random clips weren't like random, random. They were like. You know, they were strung together with some sort of story. Like, what was what was the story? And this isn't like a trick question. This isn't like me trying to be weird about it. Like, if I went back and watched it, I might be mm-hmm. able to pick up on it. But I wasn't paying attention enough for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just enjoying it as it came because I was like, I'm not overanalyzing this at all. Okay. I'm just going to let let it happen. Okay. Yeah, when I said connecting tissue before, I yeah. just figured it was the fact that it was from this guy pitching his ideas. And so that was it. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. So it's Dennis Quaid, right? Pitching ideas. Oh, yeah. Is that that what's that's what you're talking about? Yeah. It's like the the him pitching out the ideas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't mean like what are the deeper themes of this I movie? I'm sure if there was like like a like if they all said like one word or something. Nope. Okay. No, no. I picked up. Hold on. That. Fun fact. Now that we're talking about deeper meanings, you know what movie forty three means? Nothing. Nothing. It means nothing. It's a random thing they picked. So your connecting tissue that you guys saw was Dennis Quaid pitching movies. That's what I saw in the theaters. I rewatched it on Amazon earlier just to like make sure everything was still fresh in my head. That's not the movie I got. Dennis Quaid wasn't in my movie. The, really? Really. They have two connecting tissue bits. I think I know the one you're talking about. Do you? So there's this movie 43 that these kids aren't supposed to find That's and they exactly find it. it and it ends like the world because they find it. And there's like this Japanese like like it's like Japanese gang that's trying to fight them. The reason why is because when I got home, I was like, you know, I know I said I wasn't going to do any homework, but I'm going to. I don't care. So I went on IMDb and I went to the synopsis mm-hmm. and I read the synopsis that was on IMDb. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't the movie I watched. Yeah. So that synopsis was uh, for the version that I watched the second time I watched it. And it was only released in the United Kingdom and the Netherlands. Because they didn't think that the connecting tissue would play well in either one of those. So they shot a second one to make it do better. In the Netherlands and in the UK. That's it. Just Netherlands and UK. So they didn't think, okay, so out of <laughs> out of all of the skits, they didn't change any of the skits. I know that maybe because they were the, the synapses. Yeah. So, and I'm just going to use one of the skits. So they used the skit of some guy getting hit by a car and pooping himself (laughs) they kept that in there yeah but they took out a wannabe director that held a producer at gunpoint to try to like get his movie made yeah and they replaced it with pretty decently bad child acting so that's the version that you watched today to 
to, for, to, yep. to prepare for. So that's the version on Amazon. Yeah, that's so the version So we watched Amazon. it on Apple TV. So oh. we saw the Dennis Quaid version of it. Interesting. But I kind of want to go back and watch I mean, that it, version now. Yeah, it's a little bit like a cheesier version of War Games, kind of. Although there's this like subplot of this. Have you seen War Games? Uh, I know what it's about. You can't. You cannot use that. No, no, no. Okay. no. You, you you cannot say it's got the same thing as War Games and not <laughs> ask and not me have that seen question. It. You haven't seen it either. You I haven't know. seen Just it ask, either. Ask me the question. Have you seen War Games? No, but I read Ready Player One. Doesn't matter. <laughs> me too, though. No, that does not count. <laughs> Guess what else I did? What did you? I just pre-ordered Ready Player Two. <gasps> when does it come out? November. Oh, that's so cool. Anyway, back to movie forty-three. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so it's that, and then there's like this whole subplot of like. <laughs> this guy like wanting to like put a virus on his brother's computer so he like goes on to porn sites but he finds his mom and like that's not necessary no. i want give me dennis quaid please yeah, like probably, well I mean, the thing is from the synopsis he does his thing on the computer and then his mom and like a friend walks into his bedroom wearing the same clothes that he was just watching yeah, on the video it's it, okay it, it's horrific <laughs> and either way you either way you cut it do you think that they changed it because somebody in the, in the uk was like you know I don't think audiences here will believe that Dennis Quaid is the crazy Quaid brother. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. I, I like that. That's my headcanon on why it changed. Like the, the only thing I can think of is maybe they thought it wasn't believable that somebody would just have like a gun on them. But I feel like the Netherlands and people America. in the UK <laughs> are like. I feel like our stereotype is well known enough that if an American pulls a gun randomly out of like a hoodie pocket, then yeah, that's totally believable. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was fascinating. I was wondering like what connecting tissue you guys got. Yeah, no, we got Quaid. <laughs> okay. So let's, I want to dig into the skits a little bit because I remember absolutely hating everything about the movie. The first time I watched it. Yes. The second time I watched it, I went, Oh, some of these skits aren't too bad. Uh, was there any that you guys liked? And if so, which one? Okay. I, Brian, do you want to go first? I just like the pooping skit. That was funny. <laughs> is, that, is that the only one you have good things to say about? Um, let's see. I liked that one. Um, well, do you want to just, do we want to just go through each you know one what? individually? Let's go through each of the skits. So summarize each one. So the first one was the Hugh Jackman one. So Kate Winslet is going on a blind date with Hugh Jackman. About a couple minutes into the date or a little while into the date, she finds out that he has balls on his neck and they refuse to mention it. And I actually really love that part. That one was really strong. Like just looking at it from a comedy aspect. Yeah. Like I really liked Hugh Jackman's performance where he just is steadfast the whole time playing it, playing the, uh, the straight man. Yeah. And Kate Winslet's just like, I like Kate Winslet in a comedy. Like I want it. Like, I think we talked about this on the holiday. Yeah. Like I want to see her do mo more comedy. And so it was nice seeing that. And I think they shot this around the same time that she did the holiday. Uh, did they? I, I mean, judging by the timeline that you just gave us, that they shot sense. this four years before the movie came out. Then yeah, that makes sense. Then. Close. Oh, that's so weird. Um, but I liked how that skit ended. Cause it just, it ha had a little bit of a stinger, but not like a, awkward singer like you get on snl yeah and i was like oh if they end all the skits like this the whole way through that'll be interesting and then it just that it didn't, didn't really it happen didn't really but happen. It, it had a strong ending so yeah i really appreciated appreciated that about that that yeah. sketch and then another one that we'll talk about 
I this, just, I, to me, it was for for that skit. It was just like he he takes off the scarf. He's got his testicles hanging off his like windpipe, and the only funny part in that whole thing to me was 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 when she finally thinks that she's going to get an answer to them on his neck and he lifts them up and points to a scar on his neck. Yeah. That was the only funny part to me in that simply because it was just, Oh, okay. Balls on the chin. Just, yeah. The whole time I just, I could hear Will Smith and men in black too yelling to Tommy Lee Jones. He's a bald chinian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like, there was a, a post credit scene that was like a cutaway from this. Where Hugh Jackman goes, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then he like spurts <laughs> yeah. water out of his mouth, but then breaks because he can't do it. And I think he's even like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I like that. Um, so no. the next one is called Homeschooled. Okay. Uh, the point of this one is that uh, a mom and dad are homeschooling their, their child and they're telling their friends about it. And they seem to be emphasizing only the awkward moments of high school. So you get shots of them making fun of their son. You get shots of like them having a party at their house and not inviting their son. You get shots of like them making fun of him in gym class. And then like the first kiss, which is with the mom. And then like the dad comes out to him just to like relive all those awkward moments of high school. Yeah. This was my favorite sketch. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's so bizarre. Like I love this sketch. Cause it's just, they just like, as they, they just keep escalating and escalating. And then the son comes down to meet the new neighbors and you're like, Oh, he's kind of normal. And then you meet his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, if you can find this sketch on YouTube, I recommend this one cause it's out there, but it's funny. It, and to me, I just love the fact that it's Sabretooth making fun of him. It's and Liam I know Schreiber. that people are going to hate the fact that I refer to him as Sabretooth, but oh, no, he's that's how I see him. Yeah. Like that's how I see him. But I have to say that that was probably, like that's probably one of the strongest skits because it was like, it had a good punch at the end because they make it seem just like Alan said that like they're, they're reliving only the awkward parts of high school because the mom even says like, yeah, you know, you're supposed to go through all this stuff and like, it's part of character building and you're, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be horrible. <laughs> and, um, and he comes down, he seems totally fine. Yeah. And then he grabs his girlfriend and introduces them. And the neighbors are just like, oh, <laughs> well, I just like that the, the parents have such a very clear point of view in it. And you can yeah. tell exactly where it's skewed, but they're so sincere in their effort. And that's what makes it so great, I think. Yes. And the, the chemistry for the parents is really good because they were a real couple at the time. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, um, so, I, th yeah. I think my favorite part of that was the kids acting. Because he just seemed so defeated and so over it in every cutaway. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what made me like it so much. Yeah. No, I really like that one. Yeah. That one is probably my favorite out of all of these. Yeah. That I, mean, one... I might change that as we go through them and I remember the other ones. But <laughs> this one, I remember watching it. Like, I think this one's going to be my favorite. So the next one, speaking of favorites, is called The Proposition. This one is the Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris <laughs> one. Speaking of people who were couples at the time. So hold on. Was this how they met? No. Okay. That would be an awesome story. That would be an awesome. Was. Like, no, this is how I'm, we started our relationship. Funny story. Yeah. I think they met on Take Me Home Tonight, which was that um, <clears throat> Topher Grace, that 80s movie. Oh, yeah. Where she played his sister mm -hmm. and he played her boyfriend. 
Oh, that's I think funny. they met on that, which I also saw at a screening in State College. Oh, where weird. Topher Grace and the lead Tressa Palmer came uh-huh. for a screening in the Q and A. That's pretty. Was were they fun? The the best part of it was like Topher Grace is talking about leaving that sandwich. Then I did that Spider Man movie and just like kept moving oh, the conversation oh, along. No. It's like I did that Spider Man thing, but we're not going to talk right. about that. <laughs> and this was like two or three years after. Oh man. So the setup for the proposition is Chris Pratt is about to propose to Anna Ferris, who says she also has a question for him. They decide to ask what the question is at the same time. And she says, will you poop on me? Turns out Anna Ferris is a corpophiliac. Uh, I just saw that on Wikipedia. Her character. Her, no, her, Anna Ferris. <laughs> I'm drawing a hard line right here. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so that's it. And it's Chris Pratt basically preparing for the first time that he poops on her. What did you think? It was nice seeing fat Chris Pratt again. Chris it, Fat. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it, took, it took me back to like when we first got to know Chris Pratt back mm. at, at the early seasons of Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec. Um before Guardians of the Galaxy, before he blew up and became Chris Pratt, movie yeah. star who's who just had a baby with Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Um, yeah. So it was it, it was nostalgic for me to see that, and I did like them as a celebrity couple. Yeah. Um. So I always liked their interactions in the things that they did together. Um. This one was way out there this for way me. Out there. Um. Like the whole time that he's holding it in, I like my stomach started to turn. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, don't move like that. Like, no, no, don't move. Like, I could actually, like, it was like 4D. Like, I could feel it, <laughs> like you could feel it happening. Um, I feel like this one got the biggest laugh out of you. You may not know it, but you laughed the loudest on this skit. At what Did point? I? Yeah. Oh, you know what point it was. But for the audience, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. say it. Chris Pratt, uh, there's, a, there's a bit of an argument. And Anna Ferris runs out. Chris Pratt runs. Uh, he chases, and a yellow Mini Cooper out of nowhere <laughs> hits Chris Pratt. See, he's laughing, um, and he just craps yeah. all over the windshield. It just ex- in the road, like it just yep. explodes. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, and like, like, like you, like that was the loudest, sharpest laugh you had throughout the whole film when he got hit and it was just all over the windshield. Yeah. Um, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll own up to that. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to say from here on, mm-hmm. I stopped enjoying the movie. Okay. I mean, shock humor can only go on for so long and can only be shocking for so long. Yeah. And that's kind of what this movie is. So I did have a problem with this skit because the whole time I was wondering is this a weird world skit where this is just a normal thing and Chris Pratt's the only one not in the know or is only like Anna Ferris's character and Ferris's character and his friend at the barbecue. Are they like the only people in the know and the rest of the world just doesn't talk about it? I think it was just the way it normally is. It's just normal. Like that's really a normal you, thing. And he just didn't know you've got, I mean, there's a reason why there's a word for it. Yeah. There are people who are into this and I feel like, Chris Pratt was, you know, given the amount of time and effort he put into the into the relationship was kind of playing a believable character and dealing with it. Be like, mm-hmm. I want to marry you. Know, it's like, I want to marry her. But she's asking me this. 
and like they're probably living together at that point right. they probably have a ton of stuff like you know uh uh, uh connected in their lives so he mm-hmm. can't just be like well this is a deal breaker and walk away right. um and then one of his buddies ends up knowing about it too so i feel like it's it's in the middle like i feel yeah. like it was more of a realistic depiction of that scenario per se except for the you know the, the end the end um but yeah it's just it, it's yeah it was just like to me that was the point where i reached where i was like this is how the skits are going to be okay and i mean alan heard me laugh throughout the entire film because mm-hmm. there are moments where i did laugh but it was more like laughing isn't like oh my god yeah. really i think this is the one sketch i knew about the most because oh, i feel like okay. this was in the trailer like the whole i want you to poop on me was in the trailer Oh, it might it have been. was. And it, yeah. if it was, then it's going to be at the beginning of the episode. So oh, I already got be. to hear it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this one was directed by Steve Carr, who is also known for Next Friday, Daddy Daycare, oh. and Paul Blart Mall Cop. Oh, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. So, yeah, that's something. It is. So, the next one's Veronica. So, this one is uh, Kieran Culkin and Emma Stone. Kieran Culkin works at a, uh, I guess, a supermarket on the night shift. Uh, he's very boringly calling out whatever he needs to call out or announcing. And his old girlfriend, Emma Stone, or Veronica, shows up and they have passionate words. It's a passionate argument. She's constantly saying stuff about how she hates him, but she's crying about it. And then he's like going all lustful and telling her what he wants to do to her. Well, the entire store overhears this. My part for me in the skit where it became like laughing for the ridiculousness and not mm-hmm. because I found it funny was when he started to touch her face. Like really aggressively touch her face. Like it like gag her with his <laughs> fingers. Like <laughs> at that point it was like, oh, okay. Like and it, and that's what I'm like I mean about how like, yeah, sh- shockingly funny I'll laugh, but like it's just okay. Yeah. Touching somebody's face, shoving fingers in somebody's mouth. Okay. <laughs> also going to point out Emma Stone now has an Oscar. She and does. She was in this movie. That is an Oscar. What I want, thing. what I wanted to do was go through and see everyone, make a list of everyone in this movie who has won an Oscar for today. And I didn't, I forgot about it, Oh man! but I know a few and I will cross reference a few more, but so far, her and Peter Farley are the only ones. Hugh Jackman hasn't won an Oscar? He hosted the Oscars. But oh. then again, so did Anne Hathaway and James Franco. So. Oh, yeah. I... But Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway won one, though. Oh, uh, see, I think that's why. I think because he hosted it, I like confused with like whether he got it or the not. The year he hosted was the best. Like His opening number was fantastic. Yes, yes, it was. And he's so well-liked, too. So it's kind of surprising that he's never won one. But at the same time, like... I know that he's done other movies and I know that he's played other people than just Wolverine and but, Logan, but that's how I know him. And that's it. Thinking of thinking back to his opening number, he did a whole uh, song about the reader, which was a Kate Winslet movie oh, where wow. he's like the reader. I didn't see the reader. Like it's just <laughs> the, I just remember the camera cutting to Kate Winslet in the audience, just losing it. <laughs> Cause it's like this techno song about this movie that I think has to do with the, deal with the holocaust like oh or something it, it's very dramatic yeah 
but like it's just like this techno dance song and he's doing the robot up on stage <laughs> that's so cool i like him um so the next uh the next skit happens a couple of times it's ibabe um it's making fun of those old ipod commercials where people would just be like dancing and look at how much fun i'm having with an ipod but in this one the ipod is a naked lady fully naked by fully the way. fully naked fully on screen lady and the second beat of this skit is, oh no, teenage boys are having sex with our iPod now, and we put a very high-powered fan in the vent, and guess where the vent is, so people are losing fingers in other parts. Um, I straight up didn't like this, even when I saw it. Like, there wasn't... Uh, Richard uh, Gere is a boss in this, and uh, Kate Bosworth is uh, Arlene, which is one of the people that work at the office. Those are like the two notable people, but like, I didn't like this one. I didn't know what was funny about it. So me, this is one of those where like it had potential. Yeah. And then it just completely fell flat for me. Yeah. So what made it fall flat was the parodying of the iPod commercials. Oh, really? Seen it over and over and over again. Like it's one of those things that just gets worn out. Um, And maybe if it was something different than like a naked lady, like it was one of those things where it was just it was a bit too ridiculous for to me to like to hit me as funny in the right way. Um, But I can see where they were going with it. Yeah, because he was constantly like, what what do we need to do to sell more of these? I don't care about it being whatever. I don't care about these groups that are yelling about it. Let's just sell them. Let's fix the situation and sell it. And she's trying to be the voice of reason. Mm hmm in the meeting and they're making fun of her for it. Like everything that she's saying and told them that she warned them about is happening. Right. And now, now she's trying to get them to fix it and they're still not listening to her. And like, and they, don't, it's, it's, they don't get it. They don't even get why any of it's a problem. Ex- and I feel like that's where like the shock slapstick comedy thing's supposed to be. Yeah. But to me, it was like, this is a really good cynical view of corporate America. And they're trying to do this in a way that just it's not working for me. <laughs> and that's and that's pretty much it on that one. Yeah. Alan, what do you think? The whole time I was watching this, I was like, whatever happened to Kate Bosworth? <laughs> what did happen to Kate Bosworth? She was Lois Lane and then just kind of disappeared. Oh. Um, it was nice seeing uh, Jack McBrayer from 30 rock oh yeah that was him i like him this one kind of fell flat for me yeah um for all the reasons she just said yeah i don't really have anything to add to this conversation yeah speaking of lois lane though the next one is superhero oh, speed dating well actually i do have something to add to oh this yeah one, quick uh i looked up the director for this one i'm oh, just yeah. gonna go through and look up the directors because i think this is interesting stuff so the director of this one was stephen brill and i feel like they're all named stephen oh, like, yeah. um so he's he's also directed a few things um, beginning with heavyweights, which we used to have the poster of. Up oh in here. wow! Uh, the heavyweights fat camp movie with yeah. uh, Ben Stiller and like half the cast of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> uh, he also directed Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Without a Paddle, Drillbit Taylor, and The Do Over. Wow! Oh, and like a whole bunch of Adam Sandler stuff. I'm not surprised. I mean, those are all pretty good movies too. It's not like as much of a swing as Green Book, but yeah. So yeah, that's my contribution to this conversation. Moving on, <laughs> it's a good one. So the next one, superhero speed dating. I am most curious about what you guys have to think about this one, like of any of them, because I think as a setup, I liked a lot of this. So 
the setup is Justin Long is Robin. Uh, he is doing speed dating. Uh, and about halfway through it, Jason Sudeikis comes in and basically tries to mess up his speed dating under the pretense that there's a bomb somewhere in the speed dating. Uma Thurman shows up as a Lois Lane that I honestly can get behind. I like her shtick here. Uh, Superman shows up. I don't know who he is, but Kristen Bell is Supergirl. I'll tell you who uh, Superman is. He, I know. Um, Do you? He was it, an Ant-Man. It's he, he's, Bobby he's the Campbell. cop in, in Ant-Man. Oh, he's the cop in Ant-Man. Yeah. He's the cop in Ant-Man. And, oh. and he's, also, he's also the guy that dumps Angelina Jolie at the start of Bone Collector. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, so what did you guys think of this one? Because this one's the one that, like, I know you both like superheroes a lot. I know that, like, you know, Alan likes Superman a lot. Like, what did you guys think about this take on them? This lost me as soon as Batman went under the table. And that's all I have to say. My favorite joke in this was I can see Batman under the table. Oh, because you have extra vision. No, because it's a small table. (laughs) Right. I've seen the Batman Robin thing played out for comedy before Mm -hmm. better. Okay. Like I think Chris or not, I think Pete Holmes in college humor did a really good job of the, where were the other drugs going? (laughs) Where were the other drugs going? Fuck face. I'm Malkovich. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm Batman. (laughs) Like, I think those, like, I like, I've seen the Batman stuff. Yeah. Done better. Okay. And it just kind of fell flat. I like Justin Long as Robin, Mm -hmm. I think in a different world he would have made a great Robin like back w- around the time accepted came out. Like yeah. I think he would have really done good in that part. Um, I liked Uma Thurman in as Lois Lane. And it's weird that she's talking to Batman and Robin when she was in Batman and Robin. Right. Um, Kristen Bell is Supergirl was good. Mm-hmm. Um, who played the penguin? The penguin was oh, John Hodgman. John Hodgman. Like I, I really liked him as the penguin. Yeah. Because you don't see him in much, but when he shows up, it's like John Hodgman. Oh, like, that's cool. Where'd you go? Um and I did I really didn't care for the uh Riddler reveal at the end. No, that one was just okay. It just fell flat. I liked the Uma Thurman part though. I really liked that she was like I she had the vibe of I get rescued so often I don't remember the people that rescue me. I just say these things because I feel like I have to. I, I guess in a world where you have Lego Batman played by Will Arnett, Jason Sudeikis as Batman just doesn't need to exist. <laughs> that part's true though. Cause Lego Batman is pretty much just Jason Sudeikis as Batman. Yeah. Like Jason Sudeikis in any movie is just That's Lego true. Batman. So did you know that in this scene George Clooney was also supposed to be in it? I did see that they asked him to be in this. I didn't know it was for this scene. Yeah. So he was supposed to be in this scene and he was supposed to be. So his character was so incredibly bad at picking up women. He was supposed to play himself as George Clooney. But the joke was he's really bad at picking up women. And when asked about it, his response was, I'm going to swear. Fuck no. And didn't do anything about it. Um, Which is exactly what you think he should respond to that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I get the joke uh-huh. of him like at a speed dating playing George Clooney, not being able to like get uh, not being able to like do well because it's like he says the wrong things at the wrong moments or something. Mm-hmm. Like I get that as funny, but I feel like that should be the joke itself. Right. And not on top of something else. Yeah. It seemed like it had a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next one then is machine kids. It's that's it. It's, 
There's, were, yeah. This one, okay. So if they were going to do commercials throughout this thing, they should have just done commercials throughout the whole thing. Right. Like there's only two. It's I babe in this. Like, yeah. If you're going to do this format, just keep going with it. Like just do more. Like the, follow the rules of three. Like we don't really get that in this. You get one and a half I babe things. And then this, like, I think a third one would have made it better. Yeah, I, I agree. And see, the thing is with me, like my whole reaction to machine kids, uh-huh. like halfway through, especially when they get to the copier, I was like, oh, ESPN did a commercial like this where the guy's busting on a uh, 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 is on a photocopier and Albert Pujols walks in and they call him the machine because he gets the, the copier because uh. that's his nickname as as a baseball player oh. and he goes i'm not a machine guys i'm well, i don't know why you're calling me that i'm not a machine and then they go to like his eye vision and it's like the terminator <laughs> so that he is a machine i'm like oh that's funny they did the espn commercial but with kids oh see i would never have caught like, that that was my only connection to that whole skit like yeah. i was like this is really dumb like this is it was one of those were just random enough that i'm like all right i guess we're doing this uh but that's really all there is to say about it it's not it, yeah it and that's the most we'll be talking about sports this episode. <laughs> it, it's probably going to be because I, I, I mean, here that was legitimately my thought process. No, when they show the guys beating yeah, no, on the copy machine. Like I got yeah, that. I'm, it. I'm like, ah, uh. yeah. Like I've seen this before. I've seen this before. And that's, you know, kind of the theme of a lot of these skits is like, I've seen versions of this same joke before, but not like this. And like, I don't know if it makes it markedly different. Uh, and speaking of that, the next one is Middle School Date, where uh, Christopher Mintz Plassi? I've seen this McLovin. Guy. Just call him McLovin. McLovin. Yeah, McLovin's on a date with uh, Chloe Grace. No, no, no. Uh, McLovin's not on the date. Oh, McL- no, McLovin's the brother. Yes. But as soon as I saw the brother, I was like, he looks a lot like McLovin. And yeah. then McLovin showed up. I was like, what the hell? Oh, there you go. <laughs> so this guy's on the date with his middle school girlfriend, and she gets her period in the middle of it. And none of the men that are there because it's only men there none of them understand i what's really happening. like this sketch too. did you um i liked everyone in it yeah um patrick warburton just coming in like, I, hey what's going on here patrick warburton's my favorite person in the world and i'm so happy he was here Cusco. <laughs> um no i really enjoyed this one i've seen elizabeth banks direct a few things uh-huh. And like, this is, this is really good. Like, yeah. Um, like I wish I, I want to see her direct more, I think, but not enough to watch Charlie's angels. Yeah. Um, I still watch Charlie's angels. Charlie's angels. I think just for like, I've seen the original. I if it's, if it shows like. up on like HBO, I might watch it. But yeah. You won't like pay for it. or like, no. Yeah. Like if there's nothing else on, like eventually I'll probably get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know Patrick Stewart's in it. Like that. Oh, that he's cool. I think he plays like a Bosley. That's really cool, though. I like him. Um, no, I like this one. Yeah. I liked uh, Patrick Walsh at the end. Yeah. He or, was... was that? What's his name? Pat... Something Walsh. Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, Matt was... Walsh Patrick Warburton. There yeah. we go. Ryan, did this one lose you, too? Like, it's one of those where, like, it great setup, great jokes, but... I 
I, I don't know. Like, it's, is is this one the most realistic out of all of them? It's the most realistic. Yeah, I, it's the most realistic. It takes an actual situation that I'm sure has happened to people, you know, before. And it just kind of shows how ridiculously uncomfortable and under under like the worst circumstances it could be. Yeah. Um, and I feel like where this one loses me is more of a personal thing. Uh-oh. Because ever since I was a kid, like, and I'm talking like first learning about the difference between boys and girls and all that other stuff yeah. when you're like under the age of 10 and, you know, like that yeah, is the whole like period thing. And because of my own health issues that I have, mm-hmm. when I, when I heard about that, I was like, oh, okay. So that's what happens to girls. Okay. Awesome. That, that happens medically. Yeah. I have medical stuff that happens to me, mm-hmm. whatever. And then go to school, period becomes more of a conversation or more of a joke amongst like your peers. And it's the whole joke of like, oh, it's disgusting. And like the thing that they cut, you know, it's that joke. And I've never understood that mindset ever, even as a little kid. I've never understood the whole guy's like, oh, that's disgusting. It's like, it's normal. Stop it. Exactly. And and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I know it's funny. I laughed through it. You heard me laugh through it. I heard you laugh through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and you almost fell out of your chair at one point. Oh. Well, I fell out of chair because I wasn't used to your gravity chairs that you have in here. And okay. Don't, don't, do not judge my lawn chairs that I'm using as actual living room. I'm not, right I'm not. What I'm saying is that I'm not used to those. I've never sat on one of those before. Yeah. And I almost went flip over well, head comfy. backwards. I know I said it before, but that's like, I feel like that's how the director intended this movie to be watched. Like in a lawn chair, in a lawn chair. That's like college branded. Like that's, yeah. that's who he wants to watch. this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's my own personal thing that I have against the whole guys going, oh, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm is what, why I didn't really enjoy this fully. It's like, you know, more than just going, ha, that's silly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the next one's Happy Birthday. Uh, it's with Gerard Butler, um, Johnny Knoxville, Sean William Scott. Uh, they find a leprechaun. And they kick, they kill the leprechaun. That's, that's the setup. Okay. I, I feel like I've seen this done better in Family Guy. Yeah. Like, I, this whole thing. I've seen it done better in, like, Lucky Charms commercials. Right. Like I like Except I like Gerald Butler. I like I too. Yeah. Except for the payoff at the end of the fair. The payoff the- I thought that was hysterical. I will admit. <laughs> it's not a good skit. I it's lo- been done better. I and- love how we're like talking about these sketches but not giving away the endings. So anyone who goes back and watches it doesn't know like how how these end, so you get a little bit of a surprise. I think the only one we really spoiled was the Kate Winslet one, right? No, yeah. we didn't. Yeah, well, that one didn't really have like a. Yeah, that's true. The uh, pooping we, one. Yeah, yeah we, we, we spoiled that one. one. Yeah, but um, uh, the fairy at the end for me was the yeah. funniest part because that just went to like my immature self for a second, yeah. and then as soon as she gives her line, I'm like, ha. See, <laughs> I wanted to enjoy this one. I like Sean William Scott, and I like Johnny Knoxville enough. Yeah. But as I was watching this movie, I was going through and following along to see who the director of each sketch was because I was curious. Yeah. And as soon as I saw Brett Ratner's name, I was like, oh. What is Brett? Who's Brett Ratner? He did X-Men The Last Stand. Ooh. The story behind that one. And he's also, like, has a reputation of being a perv. Oh, one thing, too, that kept on distracting me Mm -hmm. from like what was being said throughout most of the skit was the fact that I kept on waiting for Johnny Knoxville's second head to come out of his back. (laughs) Oh, good reference. And I made the Balchinian joke then, too. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, So the next one is Truth or Dare. 
Uh, this is Halle Berry and Stephen Merchant on a date, and they play Truth or Dare, and it just gets increasingly more wild. Uh, I kind of like this one. I like Stephen Merchant in anything, and I think he salvaged the scene just being him. I really like this one. Yeah. I love Stephen Merchant. Um, I like their chemistry. Like, I, yeah. it felt like an actual date. Yeah. Um, and then it got really racist at the it, end. It definitely did. It took that weird turn. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But like, I I guess it's because of watching this. But I was like, I want to play Portal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just went back and started playing Portal, and now I'm on Portal Two. And, Good. Like, I'm to the Stephen Merchant stuff. So it's like, do you think they were thinking that the size of her boobs was going to counteract the racist joke? I don't know, because it was. I mean, it was really blatant. Like. And really not okay. Like, it didn't pay off well. You know what? I think this is one we can ruin. Yeah, I mean... So it gets to the point where they... They both get... Make each other get plastic surgery on a dare. And she gets, like... The full cheeks, the full lips. Like, like, like cartoon. Like, like full-on bimbo. Yeah. And then he gets full-on... Asian... Yeah, like legit Asian well, like features. Like a caricature, like yeah. yeah, the oversized teeth, the like weird, like I'm not the weird, but like a bowl haircut, like yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to watch. It and, is. It was and, painful. Yeah. yeah, and they go back to like would say her apartment or hotel room because yeah. I couldn't tell if that was like a like like a high end apartment building or a high end hotel. I couldn't right. tell. And she goes in, and he wants to like follow her in, and she goes, "No, it's okay. I'm not into Asian men." And he just stands there because they just had all this plastic surgery. And then she opens the door and says, oh, I'm just kidding. And she opens up her shirt and she had like a boob job done to where her she has like yeah. X size cup breasts. Yeah. Like they're the size of like five basketballs each. <laughs> <laughs> Halle Berry, also an Oscar winner. Oh, yeah, she is. It kind of reminded me of that scene in Swordfish where they do like the uh, unneeded boob shot for like a good five seconds on screen. Yeah. Have you, have you seen short, uh, swordfish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Where I she mean, like, sh- sh- she takes the book down. Yeah. And it's just, okay, there it is. Yeah. It. Like that's all right. And then the camera just stays. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I just, the ending wasn't great. I like the idea of this. I also read that the only reason Stephen Merchant did this movie at all was to be in a scene with Halle Berry. Which I don't blame him. And you could tell, like, you I don't tell blame you him loved either. being there. Like, yeah. And that's fun. And he seems like one of those guys who just enjoys doing stuff. Exactly. Like, I still need to watch the show that he had on HBO. Oh, I don't know if I know that one. Um, all right. Let me look it up. Because I would be so into that. Uh, while you're looking that up, the next one is called Victory's Glory. Uh, it is a spoof of a locker room pep talk. Oh, with yeah. Terrence, we're not talking about this. Yeah, with one. Terrence or Howard as the coach. And that's this, all we'll say about it. This one was in the pre. This one was in the trailer. It was parts of parts of it were in the trailer. We're going to skip over it. Yeah, but I will say about this one, uh, less is more. Sometimes, yes. Like I yes. feel like if yes. it would have ended two minutes sooner than it did, it would have been better. But I get Agreed. the ending that it had, though, because I of do what they too. were doing. Yes. I get the I ending. Get, I get the ending, but but th- that was the last one, right? No, no. Well, that was the last one before the credits. Before the credits, correct. Yeah. Which, I mean, if that's what you're going to end on, that's what you're going to end on. Like, it was as good of any a skit to end the movie on in such that it wasn't great. And, like, it was, it's what you said. Less is more, and this did not give you less. This gave you more. And 
Yeah. All right. So then after the credits uh, is a skit called Beazle. Uh And Beazle is, uh, Beazle stars Elizabeth Banks and John Dumel. Dumel? Josh Dumel. Josh Dumel. I question both, both of them after this one. Uh, so this one, Alan, who wrote and directed this one? This one was done by James Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy. Wrote and directed this one. So this one... Okay, but you got to understand about James Gunn is he comes from this kind of stuff. Oh, he does. I mean, his whole, like... What was his phase before... He did. He started working with Troma Productions. Yeah. So he did Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, And he also did Slither. He did, yeah. And Super. Oh, he did do Super, didn't he? With I like uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, I love Super. Um, so yeah, this is kind of... It's in that niche. Yeah. Uh, but so the, the plot of this one is, was it Josh Dumel? Uh, has an animated cat along the same vein of Garfield, but not nearly as well animated. Um, the animated cat loves in a very sexual way his owner, and Elizabeth Banks is getting in the way. <laughs> That's it. That's the, I mean, it's, and in hijinks ensues. Um, there's a pickup truck, there's a shovel, there's, there's a, a shotgun. shotgun, there's a photo album of his owner in bathing oh, suits. Uh, there's a hairbrush and a and there's a hairbrush handle and a oh, I forgot uh, teddy bear. Forgot about that scene. Oh boy. Yeah, no, I haven't. <laughs> so you didn't like it? Something. Whenever you I unsee. think of that, uh-huh. whenever I think of this movie, it's going to be your face too. Just so you know. <laughs> Good. I Wait, so. on the cat or in the book that the cat's looking at? Oh, both. No, Please on the cat. Both. On the teddy bear. On the cat. <laughs> uh. So uh, this. This one felt weird because they did it post credit for some reason. And I didn't understand why they did it post credit because it just like it was, was it as fine really as everything else. Credit because I thought the names on the quote unquote credit scene was the name of the characters. You know, I wasn't watching the names. They, they, they do show it like they do the, the main credits of the main cast of each mm-hmm. one. And then they do show this one at the end and then show it. After they do the yeah, on like, end, they show like outtakes, and then like yeah. one of the outtakes is the first scene of this this skit for some reason. Yeah, because for some reason I feel because I don't normally catch this stuff. I really feel like when they did the credits after the basketball skit, yeah, that it was the like the producer, the all of that. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was the names of the characters from the version that we watched. Oh. Well, shoot, I'm going to have to watch that again. Like, because uh, was it, the one last name was William or something, right? Uh, like the guy with the gun or something yeah. or the one he was like pointing it to. Like, it I could have th- been him. Like, and it was yeah. like the end of his movie. Yeah, I, I totally can see that. I I don't know. I don't remember, yeah. but that makes sense. Um, So, Devin, I'm full disclosure. I'm kind of disappointed in your homework. Why? Because you did not give us homework to do beyond this movie. Should I have done homework? There are two segments from this that got cut. I heard there were. Um, One of them was written and directed by Bob Odenkirk. Yes. And I kind of want to pause the show and try to find it. I'm kind of with you, though. It's called Find Our Daughter. Let me see if I can find it quick. Um, So there are two segments cut from the show. One of them is called Find Our Daughter, written and directed by Bob Odenkirk, which, I mean, the guy that did, um, the guy that's in Better Call Saul, uh, the guy that wrote the original Van Down by the River sketch. So, like, pretty decent like comedy shops there and the other one's called the apprentice um 
It's about a, sh- a, a shy mortician who's secretly necrophiliac. Oh, no. You know what? Oh, no. I'm thinking since the quality of the skits in this movie, if there were skits that were cut when they clearly could have just left it in there, I don't know if I want to know what the, about these skits. I mean, I think that they said, yeah, I think they said that they were too much. Like, they were just too much for their audiences. So, um, I know that the plot of um, of Find Our Daughter, their Bob Odenkirk one, is that, like, their daughter is, on is like, a serial flasher, and she keeps flashing her boobs. And, like, the parents are concerned and need to find out where she's going to flash her boobs next or something. Which, like, I can see as being, like, in a movie where iBabe was already a part of it, and a movie where, like, Halle Berry, like, had, like, the exaggerated boob job, like, you don't need a third skit that's about boobs. Like you're fine. You've, you've met your quota. We're done. Also, it might've bumped it up to like an X rating or something. Yeah. Like if they showed too much. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, like, I don't know. I, I've never been like <laughs> necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if, I don't know if that would have appealed to me as a premise. I don't know. The only time that I know that that whole concept has ever been in in a movie is not not kill bill i was oh. thinking of house of wax the original and the remake with paris hilton well geez i've seen both i don't remember i don't remember that but maybe i blocked that part out well okay so maybe not the remake but i know the original one mm-hmm. was a like the guy the reason why he was putting bodies in wax was so he could oh whiff them. like yeah, i remember that now. it was geared like in the original house of wax it they couldn't outright say because it was made like the like the like the fifties or sixties. It was or subtext whatever. though. But there was a lot of subtext that this guy was having sex with his victims that were doused in wax, and I yeah. and I, I remember seeing the remake because I had just learned that like oh that's really cool that's really disturbing I want to see House of Wax. Yeah. And what I got was a Paris Hilton movie. It was directed by Rob Zombie, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't know. Not to. <laughs> Not from to, what I heard, she's found her niche as a DJ, from what I've heard. Paris Hilton? Yeah. yeah, my old roommate uh, did audio for her, for her uh, Christmas party. We get it. Yeah. You lived in LA. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it. But yeah. Um, We're just going to get, you ever watch New Girl? Yeah. We're going to get a douchebag jar. <laughs> and every time you just like do something like that, we're I just, just going to. I put some money in the douchebag. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I make a joke that makes nobody laugh. I put money in it. <laughs> Brian brings in sports. <laughs> I'm kidding. Did you find uh, it? No, I can't find it. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. There's reasons for that. I mean, I could buy the Blu-ray nope. for like $6. Not worth it. That's Yeah. $6. This is the kind of thing, if I find the Blu-ray at like Second and Charles yeah. for like a dollar, sure. Yeah. And that's like the Just right to price. watch the Bob Odenkirk thing, because yeah. I like Bob Odenkirk enough that I want to watch that scene. Yeah, I'm exactly Because Bob you. Odenkirk, as great as he is as uh, Saul Goodman or jimmy whatever yeah like like his roots are in comedy like he's the one who came up with matt foley inspirational speaker well he did mr show yeah like mr shows all him and david cross yeah i love that are they bringing that back again i heard they were they did a couple of live events that i mean live in 2020 is a live event (laughs) yeah it's like a zoom event but it was i don't know i i didn't i didn't go and i wish i did um all right so I think that's about it for movie 43. Yeah. I mean, overall, I don't think I'd recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just uh, dropping that bomb. Okay, at the end. So 
we're dropping a bomb on you now. Okay. Um, since you just made us watch the worst movie you've ever seen. Okay. What are the five best movies you've ever seen? Because one of them is going to be your next pick. You don't get a say. Okay. But yeah, like no. the, your five best movies come up with a list. Okay. And we'll pick ones that we haven't seen. Like right now? About. If you can. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I can come up with uh, The Great Escape. I haven't seen that. Her? I've seen it. It's good. Her. I haven't seen her. Is her the one where he falls in love with the like Scarlet Alexa Johansson device? Robot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like um, oh, Stripes, but we've all seen Stripes. The Stripes Bill Murray movie Stripes? is amazing. I don't think I've seen Stripes. Oh, dude. Okay, Stripes. I love Stripes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say... Oh, it's another movie I can watch. I, I mean, like Deadpool is probably one of my five. The original one, or the first one. And then I'll have to get back to you at number five. But like, those okay. are those are my top. I mean, out, out of your four, I've only seen one of them. Oh, so. man. Okay, yeah. So we got some work to do. Yeah. I was, so I feel like Stripes would be a good one to do before The Great Escape, because The Great Escape is good. The Great Escape is really good, but I think yeah. Stripes would be better before. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. Think of your fifth one, and then we'll go. Yeah, we'll, re- about we'll reconvene. It. Okay. Yeah. So next week is yeah. my turn. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't <think laughs> about, I didn't think about this. Um, yeah, I think that does it for this week. Right. Um, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at You Have to Watch This Podcast. Uh, email comments to You Have to Watch This Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting apps. And until next time, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. No, Devin, I will not poop on you. Oh, damn it. <laughs>